you are the designer of this plan. And so you get to call the shots. This is Heart of the Story, and I'm needing Kenny Johnstone. I'm a writer and a writing coach who helps women develop and publish their memoirs and essays. But most importantly, I'm a human who's always trying to figure out what my soul is saying. Each week, I'll share stories and tips of healing, hope, and following my heart so that you'll feel inspired to follow yours. Hi, friends. I wanted to say thank you because you have sent so many notes and messages about my last podcast episode. It's probably one of the most popular ones I'm finding. I was shocked by the amount of responses. So last week, if you missed it, I talked about our recent move And I had no idea that it would resonate so much with people, uh, some of the things that I talk about in that episode. But I'm getting these notes and emails and messages on Instagram, and people are saying, you know, I really needed to hear your experience because it helps me realize that I'm not alone in being a beginner or trying something new. Another person said, I keep repeating the mantra, I guess I haven't learned that yet. Another message, someone is in a state of transition and it's really hard. And, you know, of course, the immediate uh, response would be to just not try or flee a situation. Um, But they said, you know, I heard your words. I won't know until I try. I have to try in order to know if this is going to work. I'm getting so many messages like this, and I want to say thank you about that because it helps me know that I'm not alone, but it helps me know that talking about the heart of my stories and interviewing other people about the heart of their stories, it matters. Being human and vulnerable and sharing our narratives really does resonate with other people. So thank you for those messages. They mean the world to me. Keep sending them. If you're someone in the past who has thought, oh, I really got a lot out of that podcast, but you've been shy to send a note, you're not bothering me. Send a note. Those are the best messages I can get (laughs) in my inbox. Those are the kinds of emails that I absolutely love. Those are the kinds of messages on Instagram that I love. So you can send a note over to me on on Instagram at Nadine Kenny Johnstone. My website is also NadineKennyJohnstone.com and there is an email tab on the top right. So let's dive into today's topic. This is a really, really fun topic to think about, which is life as a class, life school, <laughs> and thinking about syllabi. So creating a syllabus for your life. Now, hold on. If you're like academics, yuck. The word syllabus, ugh. (laughs) I'm going to make this fun and interesting and creative and rejuvenating for you. And here's why I'm talking about this. I find that if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you're the type of person that wants to live an intentional life. You think about life. You are purposeful. You 
really are someone who, for you, time matters deeply. You care about your creativity. You want your relationships to be really strong. You want your self-care to be rejuvenating. You want your life to be a reflection of the wonderful soul that you are. And I know that's you. And how do we do that in a way of creating a little bit of scaffolding and structure so that the next few months and then the next few months after that do reflect the intention that we like to give to our lives? That's what I'm talking about today. Whether you have a creative project you really want to hunker down on, or you have an area of your life that you want to give your attention to and really strengthen, this episode is for you. So I find that when people talk about goal setting or the planner, it's like such a drag. And I am like the opposite approach. Yes, I have a planner and I love it, but goal setting is just empty if there's no intention behind it. And thinking about and trying to make a scaffolding foundation for your life is empty if there's no emotion and thought behind it. So let's dive into what we're going to talk about today. This time of year, a lot of us kind of think about that back-to-school energy. And whether you have kids and you have sent them off or will be sending them off, or you're a teacher yourself, or neither of those, there is something about the Labor Day, after Labor Day time, where our bodies and our brains and our creativity start to really focus. And we kind of get in this mode of like, I'm still holding on to warm weather, but I'm also thinking about what I want to do during the fall and early winter, what I want September, October, November, and the beginning of December to look like. We naturally go this way, a lot of us. And for me in particular, oh my gosh, I was the kind of kid who loved getting the school supply list and shopping for all the new pencils and binders and folders and all of that jazz. I still could spend hours in an office supply place just looking at sticky notes and the planners and the notebooks and all the beautiful colors, the binders. To me, it represents a fresh start. I think that's at the heart of it, that while we're the same people, we can always begin again and try again and try doing something new or try a new approach. And while inevitably, you know, our plans to be the most organized person in the universe might go to crap, <laughs> it doesn't mean that we can't still live a purposeful, intentional life with new knowledge and new behaviors and new habits, even if our office supplies don't look pretty anymore. So because I taught at universities for almost 15 years, and then of course, before that, I was in grad school and I was in college, like my mind has been on the academic calendar for almost two decades, over two decades. Yeah. And so 
I find that every August, naturally, I start thinking about syllabi. <laughs> course, a course syllabus is like ingrained in my mind because for so many years, every August, I would be thinking about, okay, what classes am I going to be teaching this fall? And what course materials, what books do I want to pick out for it? And how do I want to structure it? And what assignments and what feels relevant and what feels like it actually would matter to the students. And that was one of my favorite parts was planning it out. And do you know that I find, I just found out this week, actually, as I was looking at my own brain, that I do this for my own life <laughs> around every four months. I create a sort of syllabus for my own life. Here's what I mean. I think about what do I want my focus to be for the next few months. I think about what kind of materials I want to surround myself with. What books do I want to read? What podcasts do I want to listen to? What documentaries do I want to absorb? I think about, okay, how am I going to set weekly or biweekly goals for myself so I can accomplish whatever I want to have accomplished by December? I think about what are my expectations around this? What is going to be my schedule for when I'll get things done? And so this just naturally happens in my head. And I realize that maybe not everybody is wired like this. So that's why I want to share my approach with you. But rather than it being academic and stuffy, I want to show you how we do this in a way that is really intuitive and nourishing and fulfilling. This is one of the ones you might want to take some notes or as you're walking, you can add little notes in the notes section of your phone, or you might even sit down and listen to this with a journal open and do it as we go. The very first thing when you're thinking about creating a syllabus for your life, a sort of structure and intention, is that you want to think about what kind of time frame works for you? I'm a semester kind of person where, like a typical academic year for a college, I think about, okay, September through early December. That's one chunk for me. And then late January through early May. That's another. And then summer session, mid-May through mid-August. That's how my brain works. You might be a more monthly focused kind of person. You might like looking at an entire academic year. You might think in fiscal year, what is your time structure? Maybe it's influenced by the kind of work you do. Maybe it's influenced by the family setup that you have. Maybe it's influenced by a partner. Maybe it's influenced by season. Whatever it is, first just recognize that. That while I'll be talking about the next three and a half months or so, you might create your syllabus for the next month or the next seven months. The next season, it's completely up to you. You are the designer of this plan. And so you get to call the shots. 
Next, I want you to think about, are you writing the syllabus with you as the teacher, giving information to other people? Or are you creating your ideal syllabus for what you hope a teacher would give to you? Meaning that for the next few months, do you hope to be the one giving knowledge to other people? Or do you want to play more of a learner's role and you imagine yourself as a student in the class and somebody's handing this to you? Or both. For me, it's both. So I create a sort of life plan or syllabus for myself as a businesswoman, as a teacher, as a coach, as a podcast host of how do I want the next few months to go? What do I want to focus on? What do I want to give to the writers? And this is so interesting because my producer, Michelle, and I, we're going to sit down in a few days and have a podcast retreat where we talk about what, who are the guests that we want to invite for the next few months. What are the kinds of episodes creating a content calendar that I want to put out? What are the strengths of what's working in the podcast? How do I want to try to make it even better? Any technical things we need to think about? We're going to sit down and talk about that. So in essence, we're creating a syllabus for the podcast for the next few months. I do this as a teacher and coach as well, where I plan out, okay, I'm going to offer coaching for the next four months. Here are the dates I would be available to meet with other people. Here is all of the knowledge that we hope to focus on in our meetings. Here are the amount of pages I can give feedback on. I plan out which classes do I want to teach and for how long and how many students seems like a good amount and what are we going to focus on. All of these things require a bit of planning. Now, of course, the pandemic has taught us that we can have a plan and it can be (laughs) blown into smithereens, and that's okay. But I find that if I just showed up at my university classes with no syllabus and no plan, it would be absolutely anxiety-provoking and disappointing and frustrating and so aimless and wandering, not working towards something that it would actually expend more energy and cause more negativity than just sitting down and really thinking purposefully. So this is where you think about, okay, I know what time frame I want to focus on. And then I want to think about, all right, I have to create a syllabus of what I want to put out into the world as a creative. Maybe you're creating a syllabus around book goals if you're working on a book or you're starting that business or you're making that creative project or you plan to tackle house organization or you plan to really do a lot of of self-care work where you're going to start meeting with a therapist and focusing on a nourishing meal plan for yourself or whatever it is. It's you expending energy. The other kind of plan The other kind of syllabus is what you would hope to receive as a student. So I'm doing both. I'm writing a plan for other people, what I hope to give to them. And then I am writing a plan for 
if I were a student in this school of life, here's what I would want to absorb and receive over the next few months. So for me personally, I really, really want to focus a lot on yoga nidra and learning more about different forms of holistic self-care and retreat. I'm so invested in this and I just want to like swim in knowledge. So I want to think about what books do I want to read and and what do I hope to learn by the time the holidays come? What am I hoping to know or what certificate do I hope to get or what kind of person do I hope to be? Ultimately, as Danielle Laporte says, how do you want to feel? Think about that first. Whether you're the teacher or the student, by the end of the four months or so, how do you want to feel? Okay, next step. At the beginning of a syllabus, it has all of the information of like office hours, where you meet, when you meet. (laughs) And we'll get to that in a moment. But first, it's the course description. This is the focus. Rather than trying to learn or teach a million things, you have to think about what is a key area of focus. So I used to teach a creative writing class where it was very specific, nonfiction female writers. I used to teach an academic writing class where it was all focused on integrating research into your arguments. The list can go on and on, but the key thing is focus. So just a second ago, I said, I really want to focus on holistic principles of rejuvenation like yoga nidra, retreat. That's what's going to be my focus. What is going to be yours? Is it going to be strengthening relationships? Is it going to be your self-care? Is it going to be your home? Is it going to be your finances? Is it going to be around cooking and meals and nourishment? Is it going to be around travel? Is it going to be around a creative hobby that you have? What do you want one of your core focuses of the next few months to be on? You decide. You could even write a course description for yourself. Then, and this is my favorite part, you have to decide on the course materials. Woohoo! This is where I would always totally geek out, and it's the most exciting part for me. Think of this as the input. What is it that is going into your brain and filling your brain with knowledge? So as a teacher, when I would write down the course materials for my class, I would get so jazzed. I would I would make the students read all of my favorite books, listen to the best podcasts and TED Talks and watch the best documentaries that were around the topic that I had chosen. It was like giving them all of these jewels and gems like, oh my God, their brain by the end of these few months is just going to be swimming in goodness and inspiration. Now, do that for yourself. What books do you want to read? What podcasts do you want to listen to? What movies or documentaries? What events or conferences? What is the input that you're going to have so that your brain is full of all this amazing knowledge? And if you don't know yet, this is the fun part where you'll get to do a little bit of research. 
where you'll get to start Googling and figuring out, oh, okay, what are the latest books on this topic or talks on this topic? What are the local events I can attend? What might be a really good conference to go to virtually or in person where I'm just going to be like totally immersed in this knowledge. This is so fun. This is what I live for. So I have been listening to a bunch of holistic practitioners on podcasts. I have been ordering books. I've been going to the library all about holistic practices and retreats and yoga nidra. This weekend, I'm attending an event that incorporates a lot of rejuvenating practices of rest and really yin yoga and self-care. I am just like swimming in it. (laughs) Okay. The next part is thinking about assessment. So how will you know if you're on the right track? In a school, it might be grades, but for you and life, it might just be a thought of, okay, well, where's my knowledge at now? Where do I hope for it to be by mid-December? What are you going to do along the way to make sure that you are getting the quote-unquote grade you want or the level of expertise that you want. This is where the next few sections come in, like attendance. When and how often do you hope to show up? In an academic class, it would be, okay, say your Monday, Wednesday, Friday for one hour a piece, or your Tuesday, Thursday, an hour and a half each time. And that's every week. For you, what feels realistic about how often you're going to expect yourself to show up for your life, (laughs) for your project, for your creativity, for your people, for yourself. This is really key. So I show up for myself every morning. I'm going to show up for myself once a week for a special class to learn a bit more about holistic practices. I'm going to, and you fill in the blanks, I'm going to show up this often for the people I love so they know that I love them. I'm going to show up this often for the people that work with me or for me. I'm going to show up this often for my clients, for my family. Whatever it is, you decide what feels realistic and what will be fulfilling and help you feel the way you want to feel by the end. And a way to do this, I've mentioned this before, is is working backwards. So this is what I would do academically when I would plan my syllabi. I would go, okay, by the end of our time together, by the end of the semester, they have to have written this many pages. They have to have done this many assignments. Okay, so if they had five major papers and we have 15 weeks together, that means roughly a paper every three weeks that they have to turn in. But I want to give a little bit more time for the final paper because that's the big one. So actually, it'll be more like two and a half weeks for each paper or two weeks for the first one and then building on and going from there. So by the end, they can spend four weeks on the last paper. This is the thought process. So this is what you want to think about. What is your end goal? by the end of your allotted chunk of time. If it's working on a book, 
How many chapters do you hope to have written? How many pages do you hope to have done? If it's a pottery project, how many mugs do you want to have created? If it's decluttering your home, how much of the home space do you hope to have cleared? Okay, how many rooms? Divide that by months. If you have four rooms in a home, four months to do it, each room gets a month maybe. And each week then it's like, okay, I'm going to divide the room into quadrants so that each of the four weeks I'm working on one quadrant of the room. I don't know. I'm totally making this up. But you get the idea that when you think about the whole and then you think about how much time you have, you divide and work backwards from there. Then you need to think about who's going to keep you accountable. When I was a professor, I used to require a certain amount of office hours for my students so that they had to check in with me for every paper so that I would know they were on the right track. So who's going to be your check-in partner? Who's going to keep you accountable? Um, here in Florida, I am part of now a women's, a professional women's network where we meet together once a month, if not more often, and we just talk about how we want to be the best, whatever it is, teacher, coach, therapist, social worker, you know, the women are all professions, but how do we hope to be the best and how are we growing? And then they are the accountability group. Or rather than doing yoga on my own, going to a yoga class. That's my accountability. And even better, telling a friend I'll meet them there once a week so that I have to show up. Who is going to be your check-in person? And who is your support? Who or what are your support resources? So in the academic world, you have these tutors you can meet with. If you need any extra support, you can go to the academic office and they helped students who had any kind of learning disabilities. You at the library and they had every book under the sun and every article. And if you needed anything, they would get it for you for free. So for you, who or what are the resources that are there to help you so you're not doing it alone. Maybe there are organizations that are going to support you on your journey. Maybe there are buildings where you can go. Maybe there are people, mentors that can really help you. But who's going to be your support so you're not just flailing about on your own? And then, of course, what is your schedule of assignments? <laughs> Make it for yourself. This kind of ties back to what I was talking about a couple of minutes ago, but once you know your schedule, then you have to think about the assignments along the way. You want to have completed this by this date. And here's when you're actually going to do those things. I would always coach my students at the university of, okay, your planner is not for when just the paper is due. You have to pencil in the implementation. <laughs> so for me, for the last few years or more as a writer, it's not just, okay, chapter is due by the end of the month. I block in on my calendar or block off when I'm going to write and how many pages that day. 
so that I can get there. Because if you just say paper is due or project is due or chapter is due by this date, you're going about your business and then suddenly you look at your planner and you get an alert on your phone calendar and it says, you know, it's due in a half an hour. (laughs) Well, that doesn't help you because you have not plotted out the implementation, the actual doing it. I would spend a fair amount of time as a professor talking about the actual planning of the doing of the thing. I had one class, I I created this class completely, and I was really proud of it. And I got approval from the university, where I said, okay, this one class I'm teaching is all about teaching students how to do something, and then they're turning in their papers. There is no time in that class to do the actual writing. We need a separate class, just like a science class has a lab, where we do the actual writing. And I'm there with them, watching them write, and there for when the questions pop up. So we created an entire lab class where they were doing the writing. And by far, they said that was one of the best classes, because if they had to do it on their own, they wouldn't do it. They would procrastinate. They wouldn't do the actual implementation of the work. So plot that out on your schedule, on your calendar, and what assignments along the way will help you. So even as a writer, I've been working on a book project and there are different phases and stages. So I say, okay, by this time I have to come up with a very loose outline and outlines I've talked about on a previous podcast. I'm not for plotting out every single thing that would go into the thing, but just like a general structure of what I hope it will be like. Sometimes I have to do that. Okay, outline by this time. Then I need to think about the drafting. Okay, that's another kind of assignment. And then it has many, many assignments. I have to think about the reading of it, the printing out and the reading of it. I have to think about the revising. I have to think about the editing. Within that time, I have to think about workshopping it, sharing it with other people, getting feedback from other people. So there are different kinds of assignments along the way. What are the assignments for you? Do you have to do some research? Do you have to think about the physical doing? Then what about working with somebody else, doing teamwork, getting some kind of feedback from other people? Okay, then what about going from there and implementing, revising, polishing? What is it that you have to do? Break down your project into those assignments and put it on a schedule. And then by the end, what is the celebration? What are you going to do at the very, very end? What is, first of all, your kind of like big project goal at the end? And once you turn that in, so to speak, you're going to celebrate it. And so the students in my class, yes, they would always have to do a final paper, but I would say, okay, you can't just sit up in front of the class and read 13 pages of, say, research and do that for 20, 25 students. That'll take up way too much time. People will be nodding off. So I would say, okay, turn that into a five-minute TED-style talk and wow us and do any of the visuals that you want and make it the most interesting talk possible. The more interesting, the better. And then we would have an end of the year celebration. And it was always fun. It was always, always fun. You might also think about field trips along the way. Are there any fun field trips you want to do? Experiential learning, getting out into the field 
whatever that looks like for you. So for me, I like to think about when I have done something or completed something, what are the rewards? And these are rewards along the way, too. My students knew that once they turned in a paper, then they wouldn't have homework the next class. Like they would get a breather. They would have some downtime. We would do something a little bit more easy and fun the next class so that they could have a break. For me, with my writing, I do this every day where when I write, I put little breaks throughout the day of rewards. Okay, you get this much writing done and then you get to go for a walk and call someone you love. Okay, you do a little bit of this. Okay, go have something good to eat. Okay, you do a little bit more. You get to listen to part of a good podcast. It seems silly, but these are the things that <laughs> that get us through. And then what's the big reward at the end? Maybe you spend a morning going somewhere, doing something fun. Usually for me, I like to do some kind of self-care, do a small retreat or go on a longer retreat, walk or drive or jog or ride my bike somewhere interesting or new or different, take myself out to breakfast, whatever it is. It's a celebration. Okay, friends, so that is life as a syllabus. <laughs> and come back to the question, how do you want to feel by the end of that semester? And plan your assignments and your course from there. That is what living intentionally is all about. I hope with this back to school <laughs> sort of energy and a different way of thinking about goal setting that you're starting to get a little excited and that you are thinking about what course material, so to speak, you're going to start gathering and surrounding yourself with so that you are immersed in goodness and in inspiration. You'll have to let me know what you're you're planning for yourself what's on your syllabus let me know you can take a picture tag me on instagram at nadine kenny johnstone you can message me through my website i want to know this is so fun i could talk about this all day long with people so please let me know you can check out my website if you're looking for a special celebration reward in November for doing your good work or having a beautiful retreat in Inlet Beach, Florida at an oceanside home with a pool, amazing ocean views, excellent food. It's all about getting clarity and really living that intentional life. And it's for women. So you'll want to check that out on nadinekennyjohnstone.com forward slash retreats. Thank you, Michelle Rado, my producer. I love that I get to plan our podcast syllabus together. <laughs> and remember everyone, every heart has a story and every story has a heart. See you next week.